The texts for today's scriptures are from Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 36 from the message. Please let us stand and body your spirit, and we'll listen with anticipation and hope. This is from the message. It will seem like all hell has broken loose. Sun, moon, stars, earth, sea, in an uproar, and everyone all over the world in a panic. The wind knocked out of them by the threat of doom, the powers that be quaking. And then, then, they'll see the Son of Man welcomed in grand style, a glorious welcome. When all this starts to happen, up on your feet, stand tall with your heads high, help is on the way. He told them a story. Look at a fig tree, any tree for that matter. When the leaves begin to show, one look tells you that summer is right around the corner. The same here. When you see these things happen, you know God's kingdom is about here. Don't brush this off. I'm not just saying this for some future generation, but for this one too. These things will happen. Sky and earth will wear out. My words won't wear out. But be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise, spring on you suddenly like a trap, for it's going to come on everyone, everywhere at once. So whatever you do, don't go to sleep at the switch. Pray constantly that you will have the strength and wits to make it through everything that's coming and end up on your feet before the Son of Man. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. The season of Advent always begins with this apocalyptic vision. Whatever the lectionary text is for each of the three-year cycle, it's always beginning the story of salvation with a sense of the world as we know it coming to an end. And out of that, God bringing something new. In today's Lucan text that Katie read to us from the message, it begins with Jesus saying this to his disciples and to us. It will seem like all hell has broken loose. Do you ever feel like your lives or your world, all hell is just broken loose? If it feels like that, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because this is actually what God said it would feel like just before God does a new thing. A friend of mine shared with me recently that when she was in conversation with her spiritual director, she was sharing some things about a challenge in her life, a difficult situation she's experiencing. And her spiritual director just nonchalantly said, oh, those, those are the birth pangs. That's what happens just before God does something. 
And so keep, keep going. Keep pushing through that difficult time because that's how God works. It was so matter of fact, it was so understanding of the spiritual landscape through which we walk. I find that encouraging and helpful for someone here who may be going through a difficult time to hear this word of hope that says, oh, this is what happens just before God does something good. We people of the Christian faith are always in that cycle of God bringing new life out of death, new hope out of despair. We are people of hope. I once ran into Cornell West, one of the great ethics professors and theologians of our time. He's taught at Harvard, he's taught at Princeton, he's taught at Union. And I said to him, you know, I once heard your sermon where you kept coming back to that riff of being a prisoner of hope. That as a follower of Jesus, we're prisoners to hope. We, we can't help but hope because that's the language of the scriptures. It's the language of God. And, and he smiled and he, he said, yeah, that's a good line, isn't it? <laughs> we're prisoners of hope. This past summer, I was, uh, I was at Chautauqua. I was the United Methodist chaplain at the Methodist house, and it was a great joy to meet fellow pilgrims on the journey. One of the speakers that week was Brian Stevenson. I think we have a picture of Brian. Um, he wrote the book, Just Mercy, I highly recommend it. It is a, an exquisite look at the schools to prison pipeline, the injustice that so many people face in our prison system. He is a Harvard-trained lawyer who <clears throat> he, um, he works in Montgomery, Alabama as a lawyer representing people on death row. Can I have the water that's underneath you, Sharon? Um, he teaches sometimes at, thank you, at NYU in the law department. And he was formed by the Christian story. He grew up in the AME church, which is part of our Wesleyan family. And he has discerned this call from God to represent those who have no representation. He also is one of the founding visionaries of what is called the Lynching Museum. Have you heard about this? Some of you saw Oprah walk through the Lynching Museum with Brian Stevenson in Montgomery, Alabama. It was on 60 Minutes. And in it, they have these really powerful visuals of large metal rectangular shapes that hang from the ceiling with the names of those who have been lynched between roughly 1870 and 1950 from each county throughout our nation. 
and outside of the museum are identical shapes for people from those counties to take that shape back to their county to place somewhere working in collaboration with the county government to claim their history as a way of moving forward. Because until we claim our history, we really can't move forward. Brian Stevenson spoke at Chautauqua to a crowd of maybe a thousand people that day, and it was a profound speech, but the takeaway that my family and I continued to come back to was his encouragement of Christians who have claimed the part of the Christian faith that leans towards social justice. And we United Methodists, this is part of our tradition, part of our heritage. John Wesley encouraged us to hold in balance personal piety and social holiness. A personal relationship with the living God and a social holiness that cares for justice throughout the world. Brian said, the enemy of social justice is hopelessness. The enemy of social justice is hopelessness. He has seen more injustice in a day than I have seen in my whole lifetime. And yet, Brian, follower of Jesus, continues to say, we must live with hope. No matter what. No matter how terrible the injustices are, God calls us to be people of hope. It is very easy to watch the news and feel like there is no hope. The scriptures from the Lucan text talk about nation warring with nation. It doesn't take us long to see in any daily news cycle nation at war with nation. And if it is not full out war, it may be tariff wars or civil wars or culture wars. And Christ calls us to be people of hope. And so we may need to wake up every morning and say, God, I need to rekindle a hope within me so that I can be a hope filled person in the world. And we may need to say, God, lead us to people of hope so that our hope can be restored. Or maybe we are the people of hope that God will use to guide to someone else who is going through a dark time, a hopeless time. This week it was my joy and privilege to Carry your gifts 
to First Friends, which is an organization that works with people who are imprisoned, especially those who are immigrants or people seeking asylum. It is not an easy ministry that they do. They're located within eyesight of the Hudson County Correctional Facility or prison, I don't know what the full name is. And they work every day with people who are imprisoned, who are seeking asylum, some of them. And when they are granted asylum, they're basically thrust out the door with nowhere to live. And First Friends works to try and contact them with family or communities of care that can take them in for a time until they are connected with family. What we did as a congregation was we donated stamps, letters, phone cards, so that inmates can contact their loved ones and tell them where they are. Can you imagine not knowing where your family is? We brought the supplies to them on behalf of the Chatham United Methodist Church, and I convey their gratitude to you. They were putting all of this material into 2,000 leaflets, 2,000 booklets of stationery, envelopes, phone cards, pencils, pens, paper, and personal notes to 2,000 people who are imprisoned just down the block from them in Kearney, New Jersey. I said to some of the people who are working there, I said, what, what signs of hope do you have? Because I've been thinking about hope all week. And they said, you and your congregation are signs of hope to us just by bringing this material. Some of you may have brought that material and not even thought twice about it, because that's who you are, it's what you do. But little gestures like that may just be what God uses to give someone else hope. In this Advent season, I want to issue a challenge that I'm going to be practicing, and I hope you will practice as well. For five minutes a day, five minutes, I want to invite you to pray for hope. To pray for hope in your own life, in your own circle of friends and family, and pray for hope in the world, because without hope, injustice wins. And we are stuck in a cycle of despair. One of the ways that I want to invite you to pray is to practice what we did last week, although with this box prayer, 
I want to invite you to spend five minutes of breathing in God's hope, holding on to God's hope, breathing out God's hope into the world, and before inhaling again, wait for God to fill us with hope. It may stop our racing minds just long enough for God to do something within us and around us. It may calm us down before a stressful meeting or after a stressful meeting. It may calm us down in the midst of the warring madness of our lives and of our world so that we might be grounded in God's hope. You can see by this brief, humble attempt at a visual that if we imagine a box, we breathe in for four beats or four seconds or four heartbeats or however long is in your comfort zone. And then hold that breath for four beats or four seconds. And then exhale for four. And wait for four. Let's do that together. Breathe in God's hope. Hold on to God's hope. Exhale God's hope into the world. And wait for God's hope. Breathe in God's hope. Hold on to God's hope. Exhale God's hope. Wait for God's hope. Hoped. Hope. Hope. end with this prayer from Stephen Garnis Holmes. God, wake me from the fog of my low expectations, the cement of worry that clings to my feet. Help me shake off the world's despair, its pointless habits, desires, and attachments, the awful busyness, the downward spiral of judging, consuming, and protecting myself. Give me the courage to trust you are moving and acting. Give me the vision to embrace the unimaginable. Help me to stand with clarity and purpose. Give me the urgency to act, for now is the time, and the patience 
to wait for the fullness of time. May I look upon the world with eyes of grace and act with a heart of love and hope. Amen.